I'm Tom from the Ballpark Bros. Here's Mike. This next presentation on the Four-Eyed Radio Network is brought to you by Revenge Lover. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off on your order. Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 111, Ranger Nation Spotlight. John Green of GreenRanger.com. Record on February 18th, 2018. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to range up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as TruckyB47. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 tiles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today, we have a very special Ranger Nation spotlight with John Green, webmaster of GreenRanger.com. Welcome to Ranger Command, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. So, (laughs) there was a lot of news and craziness that dropped this week. Probably the most game-changing type of news that we've seen in Power Rangers for a long time. This wasn't planned. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't plan going into this interview going, oh yeah, all this earth-shattering stuff is going to happen this week. So (laughs) I'm just going to do like a quick timeline. February 12th, Power Rangers Nickelodeon renewal through 2021. February 14th, that night, Power Rangers' new brand logo leaks was quickly taken down. February 15th, Saban and Bandai part ways after 20 years. Then the next day, Hasbro announced Power Rangers is moving to Hasbro for the Master Toy Licensee. And then, just yesterday, Power Rangers Beast Morphers announced as the 26th season. Holy cow. Slow news week. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot going on, but but this is just crazy. What are your thoughts on all this stuff? Uh, This week has been insane, and the the fun part of all of it is, uh, amongst all of those announcements, I had a birthday, so (laughs) I spent most of my birthday losing my mind, for lack of a better term, but all of this stuff, with the exception of the Nickelodeon renewal, because that was... You could probably assume that was going to happen and be announced, who knows when. But everything else, yeah, it's it's game-changing. Someone, I don't know who said it first, earth-shattering, but that's been thrown around quite a bit this week. But it's been a week, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, happy birthday, sorry. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, well, what a birthday present. Yeah, I did not wish for this. (laughs) If I wished for anything, it was a legacy Shogun Megazord, and I didn't get that, but I got all this other stuff, and... Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy with the Shogun Megazord, but this this might be interesting too. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to jump around so much, but yeah, Shogun Megazord, is that even happening at this point, you think? If I were to handicap it, I would say probably not, just because we yeah. haven't seen anything. We've heard they have the designs, we've heard that it's on the drawing board and all that other stuff, but the fact that we still haven't seen it, It's going to be an expensive one just because it's a big one. It's a complicated one. I know I'm in the minority in that I want both a white and a pink because (laughs) apparently I take a completionist level to some sick level. But 
I don't know, and then with all the Toys R Us stuff going on, right. I don't know that you're going to find someone who's going to carry it, even with all of the changeover to Hasbro. So I'm not optimistic. I am open to being pleasantly surprised. I will not complain, but I don't expect it, at least not from Bandai. Yeah, it would be amazing to see what Hasbro does because, as all of us are, we're trying to all process this information because 25 years, Power Rangers and Bandai have been linked to the hip. And when they did that announcement on the 15th, it was such a short press release and it was straight from Saban Brand's website. And it was just like... Yeah, we mutually agreed not to renew our global license effective April 2019. Bandai will continue to support through the 25th anniversary, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, that is the shortest and quickest. I mean, the thing looked like it was typed up in Word and just converted to a PDF on their side. Yeah. My impression, and, and I don't think this is the truth, and I'm not saying that this is what was going on, but my impression upon reading it was, tomorrow or whenever we're going to announce the Hasbro deal, whoops, we probably need to announce that Bandai's leaving first. <laughs> it almost seemed like an afterthought. I don't think it was an afterthought. Right. I think the logo being discovered played a hand in that. But eh, that was what my heart said. But I, mm -hmm. my brain said that hopefully not the case. Yeah, because 25 years, and we're going to talk about your site, obviously. That's why you're here. <laughs> but your site, that's like the Bandai treasure trove right there. <laughs> And so I have to ask, what are your plans to change things up now that Hasbro's in the picture? We still got a year and some change till that actually happens, but that's pretty big for your site too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. The website in a large, at least a large portion of it, runs on a single database that connects everything that makes my life easier. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But there are certain things that have been built in to make things easier, like, okay, if when we get the announcement for a new series name, I can put it in two places and it fills up every place on the site. I don't need to change right. 500 files. What I never expected was that, oh, suddenly we're going to switch from Bandai, which means any reference I say to cataloging all of Bandai America's toys, well, that's not the case. Any <laughs> reference I make to any uh, UPC barcodes, which I know people enjoy, well, yeah. those work based on Bandai's company code, which, of course... Hasbro has their own company code, so those things need to change. So there's a lot of underlying stuff that needs to be fixed. Yeah, Nothing that's too major. I'm about 40% of the way through it, and as you said, I, I, got, I got a year to do it, so <laughs> not worried about that. All right, cool. But yeah, Hasbro, they've got Transformers, they've got Nerf, My Little Pony, all this stuff, huge properties that they're dealing with. And now tying it into this Saban Nickelodeon Hasbro partnership that they mentioned in their press releases. I'm pretty optimistic. I don't know how much the show is going to change because it looks like we're still stuck with the same creative team. So let's just get to it. Hasbro, with this master toy license, they are taking over the worldwide rights except for Japan and other Asian markets. Of course, because that's Bandai Japan. Sure. What was most interesting to me and for others in that press release was the quote that the arrangement provides Saban Brands and Hasbro 
with the opportunity to initiate Hasbro's purchase of the Power Rangers property. So to me, that seems like there's a little get out of jail free card for Saban brands to just sell Power Rangers again, like they did with sure. Disney. And I know I mentioned a couple of days ago on Twitter, I said, we need to start the pool to find out what the date is in 10 years <laughs> that if they do sell, that Hasbro does whatever. And then, you know, the property goes up, the property goes down, whatever. And then Saban comes back in, buys it again, and we go through again. <laughs> it seems to be the cycle. It's something that I never expected. I don't think anyone expected. Because all the conversations fans have been having, and the reason a lot of fans have been complaining is just the declining quality in Bandai yep. over the past few years. And it just felt like... Well, unless we say anything, that's what we're stuck with. And they've been so silent, not responding to any fan complaints, pretty much ignoring. So it was kind of feeding into this, well, they don't care and this and that. And now, to me, that's like, well, maybe they knew that this was coming. So why bother? I suspect, and 2017, from my perspective, and obviously I haven't looked at any publicly available numbers. I don't have access to privately available numbers. I'm not some secret Bandai employee. But <laughs> from, from my viewpoint, 2017 was a disaster for, mm-hmm. for Bandai and Power Rangers. And a lot of it stemmed from the fact, which still baffles me, is the movie. The movie was clearly not geared toward the same target audience, that four plus, those right. four plus children. Whereas the toys were, they made the Zords bigger so that they were more playable for the children. You know, we didn't have a complicated Batlizer, Ranger, extra forms or anything. (laughs) And the toy line went younger, the movie went older, and it became a case of who's buying these toys. And then on top of that, I don't know if it was Bandai or Saban or the retailers, Mm -hmm. seemed to have thought this movie was going to do crazy business. And these toys were just going to fly off the shelves because, I mean, the figures advertise the Rita figure, the putty figures. There were other figures planned that we know about. The battle damage Red Ranger, the individual Rangers in some kind of form, maybe civilian form. I don't know. Never very clear. But And that's what we knew. So presumably there was another wave after that we never knew about. So they planned a lot. And then the first wave sat for 10 months. And then... A little bit of the later stuff started to come out. The the bigger, clobbering putty guy, the Rita with the twisting arm staff thing. But <laughs> it's just, uh, the expectations and the reality were miles apart, and it was very shocking. So I wonder if Bandai almost looked at it and said, yeah, we completely screwed up this year. Maybe this, and of course, they would know when the contract is up. Right. So I don't know. A news article I found back from 2013, a Business Wire, Saban Brands, Bandai press release, and they said that they extended their toy contract as the master license to 2016. So I think since 2016, Bandai and Saban have been on maybe like a year-to-year agreement. And then you're right with just the utter failure of the movie toys and the merchandise and with Ninja Steel, I think it was just a one-two punch and maybe both of them are like, okay, we're out. When you're in a contract year, you have to perform. Mm-hmm. I'm a baseball guy, so <laughs> if it's your contract year, you got to hit those homers, you got to get on base, you got to play good defense and they kind of didn't show up almost. It's like, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like we, 
in some level, I would not have been surprised, of course, if they renewed the contract for another year, because as you said, and as we all know, they've been together the whole time. But on some level, after 2017, if they didn't change, that would almost be like dereliction of duty. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we got to go a different way, because 2017, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense business-wise. You're not going to stick with a company that totally failed in the last year and failed to bring in profits and didn't meet expectations and all of that. So on the surface, yeah, it looks like a great move by Saban Brands to go with a much bigger toy licensee. But we never expected this because 25 years as <laughs> as a licensor, it's like you have to screw up pretty bad to lose that. The only thing... That would be bigger than this, and I hate to speak in you know terms like that because now people are going to say this would be bigger, this would be bigger. But it would be if the show stopped adapting Sentai footage, right? Because this is huge, and who knows? Maybe Hasbro wants to do that. Maybe there's been talk in the last week. I've seen, and I was like, okay, we're Hasbro now, so now we're going to go animated, which. That's not my cup of tea, but I know fans, <laughs> right. some fans are excited at the prospect of that. But too early to speak of any of that. Right. We still got a year <laughs> yeah. in, in, into this. But personally, when all the movie merchandise was coming out, I wasn't a fan of the big, huge Megazord. For a collector, that's a significant space in your collection for that huge honking Megazord. And... Mm. To me, I just, I wasn't feeling it. And really, the only things I bought were the legacy figures of the movie. I did buy the Rita figure just because, the Rita and all the five-inch scale ones, because I do like that five-inch scale action figure line. Same. But yeah, it really didn't hit me as a collector. I got the Morpher, but then again, that was never in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And something like that, now, not not to say that Bandai has never produced a toy that's not featured in the show, because right, right. Any, anybody who's familiar with the toy line will know that's not the case, but that is another one of the disconnects. What, mm -hmm. At one point during the production of the movie, was the Morpher going to be part of the show, and either it was already too far into production toy-wise that it couldn't be canned, was it never part of the plan, and Bandai said, you can't have Power Rangers without a Morpher, because right. that's also true. <laughs> I don't know. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, very, very strange. And I did end up picking up the legacy items for the movie. I think the coin set is a beautiful presentation. It looks great. It's, you know, that kind of prop scale and quality. And I like the legacy helmets. Just to have that representation of the movie. I like the movie. I thought the designs were okay. Yeah, I didn't like a lot of them at first, but it didn't matter because I thought the story was great. Agreed. So, I think when Bandai does things right, they do a great job. But when they screw up, they screw up hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of middle ground. No. Just the declining quality of Ninja Steel, too. As soon as I saw those foam disc things back at Power Morphicon 2016... I was just like, I think I'm just going to collect the figures and that's it. <laughs> now, see, the problem with, and this is one of the areas where I may tow the Bandai company line. Now, I, I don't own any of the American uh, Power, Star, Power Stars because I, I got the Ninja Mecha yeah, and I got same. whatever came with them. And I didn't, I didn't go all out with that stuff. I, I 
spend enough money. <laughs> but American fans cannot expect, in that case, the Japanese ones to be part of it. Because, yes, kids, yeah. not to say kids don't worldwide, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have kids worldwide. But <laughs> kids throw things. And the last thing you need is, is a shuriken <laughs> upside the head, especially one of those giant plastic ones. Now, I know that the quality of the foam ones was less than desirable, and I know that we were told at one point they were going to upgrade the quality of those, and it's my impression they never did. Right. So that's a case where we were never going to get the Japanese ones. There was always going to be disappointment there, but as you said, they either succeed swimmingly or fail miserably, and in this case, they failed miserably. So I just think one of the biggest screw-ups was, like, for me, the Dino Charge line was... A huge success. I loved yep. all the original Zords. Yes. Because I didn't have any of the Kyoruger mech. But I heard those clips were horrible. They were breaking left and right. But I bought all of the Dino Charge Megazords and the individual Zords. And it was the first time I went strictly Bandai America for mechs in a mm. long time. It's been a long time. Because I mainly import the Japanese stuff just because it's great quality. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought Dino Charge, like all the individual mechs and all that stuff, awesome. And then you get to Ninja Steel and the only way to get one of the new Zords that sits in the cockpit is to buy a whole new Megazord. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Now, see, you're going to make me defend Bandai again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the issue has been, of course, you know, the collectability gimmick, which right. Bandai America likes, and, and people are speculating Hasbro's not as much of a fan of. But ever since we got away from the formula that was used for so many of the early years, and I think up through, I think, Time Force was the last one, was that a Megazord is a Megazord, mm-hmm. and if you want to change, you add a piece onto the Megazord. You don't switch out a piece. And then Gower Rangers slash Wild Force came along, and it became free-for-all. Change <laughs> out this arm, change out this leg, change out torso craziness. And this was the first time Bandai opted to not do... Well, I don't even want to say that, because in, in Wild Force they did do... They reused the bison legs a few times, and then we don't want to talk right. about Operation Overdrive. <laughs> but... With Samurai, they did the individual, they did the, you know, the orange beetle and mm-hmm. the, the blue swordfish, and they did those guys individually. I don't know how those sold. I never saw an abundance of them, right. but I never sold a lack of them, so maybe they just didn't sell well. And plus, in order to sell something like that with a figure, you kind of need a gimmick, and I don't know if the individual Ninja mechs, they could add a gimmick to them. So I completely understand the argument against you have to buy an entire new Megazord mm-hmm. to get one. I'm glad that they did do the color swap because it could have been worse. They could have said, hey, here's the Ninja Steel Megazord again. <laughs> except we took out the red guy and put in the green elephant, and it's the same exact Zord. There's at least some color change going on. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it's another situation where I don't know if there was a better solution that sure. would have been either more cost-effective more desirable on the shelves, which is all what it comes down to is the dog collectors want what they want, but the children want what they want, and the parents want to pay what they want to pay. So it's oftentimes how that triangle plays together is forgotten or purposely <laughs> ignored by some people. And then even doing what they've been doing, right. there's no indication we're getting a purple Ninja, Ninja Steel Megazord with the surfer guy. There's no indication we're getting an orange one with the dinosaur or if that'll even be used in the show but that might be because of the licensee change i don't know 
Yeah, and at this point, they've pretty much planned out what they're going to be doing. This is pretty much it. We, for the most part, know 90% of what the rest of this year is going to look like. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. I just find it funny that the only gimmick for Ninja Steel with the Megazords is like, hey, you can sit an action figure inside of it. Yay! (laughs) But yeah, again, I mean, I'm not the audience for that. So... Hasbro, huge implications there. You could have a ton of crossover. You could have Nerf-style blaster guns. The legacy figures could change over to more of a Marvel Legends quality, which I'm excited to see. So I think anything's on the table at this point. <laughs> or that, that's what it seems like. I think it was Chris who mentioned on Twitter, you know, it's like, I expect to see a Red Ranger Mr. Potato Head and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, I don't want to see that. That's so cheesy. But (laughs) it will sell because I would think most children at some point in their lives had a Mr. Potato Head. I Mm -hmm. still have a horrendously dirty, beat up one from when I was a child. (laughs) And and if if they want a Mr. Potato Head and they're into Power Rangers, they're going to ask mom and dad for a Red Ranger Mr. Potato Head. And same hand. The dog collectors, if there's a dog collector who's really into Mr. Potato Head, either as a child or an adult, and they're still into Power Rangers, they see the tie together, they'll buy it. So if it sells, go ahead and make it. I just, yeah. That particular one makes me shake my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the last big announcement that they broadside us with at the <laughs> <laughs> at the Hasbro Toy Fair meeting. And yeah, it's just crazy. All this happening at Toy Fair, not a better time to announce all this stuff just hit us like a train because now you can't say train because people are going to think took yeah see (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's going to hit you like a weird ape mech or a weird (laughs) cheetah mech then it makes it work but uh, but yeah i mean we known for uh, quite a few months that bandai would have no booth presence at toy fair and just that little meeting room or whatever to the side. And now it all makes sense. Of course, you know, hindsight 2020. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. But at the time we were like, wow, they really don't give a crap. (laughs) But now we know. And it's funny because I preach it on Twitter and I I tell people in everyday life that goes back to Occam's razor. It's, It's the simplest solution. So we all think because, you know, Bandai has been producing um, less than desirable items for at least the last year. We think, oh, they're not showing up to Toy Fair? No, they've abandoned us. They don't care what they think about it. It's like, no, there's something more that makes a little bit more sense, which, oh, they're not a Toy Fair because they don't have anything to market to the retailers. Oh, that makes more sense, yes. Yeah. yeah. Even though <laughs> that in itself blows your mind and doesn't make sense, but that is the more logical explanation mm-hmm. for it all. Now, I don't want to keep harping on Bandai, but... Power Rangers has been their bread and butter. This is going to affect Bandai America side of things as a whole. I'm not concerned with Bandai Japan. They still got the Sentai thing going. Again, this deal, like the press release said, doesn't affect any of the Asian countries or Japan at all. It sucks on the one hand because there are some good people, the good people that are left at Bandai America, that are working on Power Rangers it's going to be a loss of jobs and that's really unfortunate. But with something like this, with one of their main licenses just going away, I don't know what Bandai America is going to look like in two or three years. 
I'd say we could go to their website to find out, but they haven't updated their website in like two or three years. So. <laughs> oh, oh, oh that, that's a pet peeve of mine. Sorry, website guy. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bandai was one of the first companies to get mm. on the web. They had a Power Rangers Turbo website. They listed the toys. They did the same thing for Big Bad Beetleborgs. They were online in 97, and they had <laughs> pictures, and they had toy listings. They did a lar- largely what my guide has become mm-hmm. could be traced back to what they had done. And then since then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do have Ninja Steel up now, but again, that was last year. You know, we're in Super yeah. Ninja Steel now. Come on. But at the Hasbro big meeting that they had, Power Rangers Beast Morphers was announced as the 26th season. Beast Morphers, we introduce fan-favorite animal themes with a new intriguing special ops storyline that keeps Power Rangers series fresh for viewers of all ages, especially the new generation of viewers. And we got set in the future, a secret agency combines newly discovered substance called Morph X with animal DNA to create Power Rangers Beast Morphers team. The Rangers must fight off an evil, sentient computer virus bent on taking over the source of all Ranger power, the Morphing Grid itself. Featuring never-before-seen leather suits and an all-new Beast-themed arsenal, including dynamic new Zords, fans should get ready for a season full of secret ops and more phenomenal fun. And 50% of this is Power Rangers RPM. <laughs> <laughs> As long as they don't need name their villain Vengex and it's a third Vengex. We've, we've, got, we've got Shadowboard Vengex. We've got RPM Vengex. We don't need another Vengex who's someone else. If they name him Vengex, he better be one of the previous two Vengex. Or Vengesai. I don't know what the plural of that would be. They showed off the new logo for the series, incorporating the new brand logo. As a graphic designer, I had a little bit of issues with it, but it's definitely exciting. And this is the toy line that Hasbro will be kicking off Power Rangers with, which is interesting because they don't get the license till April. And, of course, they're already in the process of doing prototypes because they have to. They have to get ready to produce this stuff. But, yeah, does that mean we're still getting a show in February but won't have toys for a few months? Will they delay the show? There's just there's a lot of questions up in the air on that. Admittedly, Power Rangers is the only show I watch on Nickelodeon unless I'm flipping through and I need background noise, and I'll put SpongeBob on because that that's, can distract my brain and melt my brain. But I don't know when series debut on Nickelodeon or if they're debuting all the time throughout the year. I can't right. imagine that Power Rangers next year is going to debut in February and there will be no toys for two months because Power Rangers exists to sell toys. That's nuts. So one would have to think they're going to have to wait till April, and then maybe that means smaller break in the summer or they change Mm -hmm. however they're airing i don't know yeah it's gonna be interesting again to see what's the future and what that looks like so here we are all the news it's all over and done with and now we're gonna be talking about greenranger.com exciting yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i mean for me i know i use it a bunch it's always a really good reference 
I used that ranger key checklist when I was collecting all the ranger keys from Japan. You have the whole card database, very extensive site, and I know a resource for many people for many years. So just to get into it, and this is something I like to ask anyone who comes on for Ranger Nation Spotlight, what was your first experience with Power Rangers? How did you become a fan of Power Rangers? Well, in my area, my Fox Kids affiliate was WKBD Detroit, which no longer exists, or at least is no longer a Fox affiliate. And they showed Power Rangers when it first debuted, you know, Mighty Morphin, at 7.30 in the morning on the weekdays. Well, I had already left for school by 7.30 in the morning, so I never saw it (laughs) during the initial fall 1993 run. But the funny thing is, my sister, my younger sister, wasn't in school yet, and my sister was a Power Rangers fan in the household. And she's the one who, for Christmas that first year, was hoping to get a Pink Ranger figure, an eight, you know, an eight-inch one in the triangle box. And I thought, hey, Power Rangers, what's that stupid show you watch? She's my sister, so anything she likes, I have to hate, and anything <laughs> I like, she has to hate. That's how, that's how siblings work. Exactly. So time passed, and I couldn't tell you when or what the circumstance was. Maybe she taped an episode on a VHS if your listeners know what that is. (laughs) And it was Green with Evil Part 5, which what what better episode to see first than it's the Green Ranger and he's evil and he's fighting these guys and he's got this great dragon zord who's destroying the city. It's like, I can get into this. (laughs) And of course, then he turned turned good and that was kind of disappointing at first. (laughs) But then I got into the show and then of course, because I started liking the show, she could no longer like the show because again, that's how siblings work. So I can trace it back to then, and then when 1994 started, Fox Kids started showing it earlier in the morning Mm -hmm. on Saturdays, and that's when I started watching it. So I saw lots of repeats out of order, having no clue what was going on, though the show wasn't very serialized at that point. Right. And then when new episodes started showing, well, that was time for Jew 2, so bring on Goofish and Fighting Flea and all those guys. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of which, Chris at Mr. Yellow, because I, I know this, I, I know you're a big Evil Space Aliens fan, but he said, Evil Space Aliens, go. <laughs> this will begin the four-hour period of this podcast. <laughs> evil Space Aliens are cool, but I know you really like Evil Space Aliens. You have a whole monster guide on your site, which is... Sure. Very expansive. So, just what is it about evil space aliens? (laughs) Well, now, some of this is going to be rose-colored glasses, because, of course, I started with MMPR Season 1, and everyone, they love their first season, so I I don't deny that it's some of that. But the Jew Ranger monsters, they were at a perfect time where Mm -hmm. the Japanese series had gotten to the point where the monsters were getting advanced enough, where they didn't look cheap and, and thrown together out of scraps but hadn't gotten to the point where they were overly complicated and you could pick out little intricacies that were were almost distracting. It was a great era for monsters. Mm -hmm. And back then, the weekly Evil Space Aliens, every week, had personality. Yes. Lately, they kind of usually do, but not always. There's oftentimes they're just fodder for the Rangers to destroy, which they are anyway, but it was a good era for the monsters to have personality in the designs. And the monster designs are one of the things, they're constantly different. Mm-hmm. To reference my site, there's been 1,177 monsters in Power Rangers history. Oh there haven't been that many Megazords or Rangers or supporting characters. So right. every year there's a Red Ranger. 
the the joke is recently every year now the Red Ranger has daddy issues. <laughs> you know, every year the the main villain wants to take over the world, and all the basic plot points are always the same. They'll get a Megazord, and they'll use that Megazord for eight episodes, and it's the same Megazord, and then they'll add a piece, and then they'll get a new Megazord. But the monsters are different every week. Mm-hmm. So there's always the variety to that. And then, to top all just off the show, with the toys, you got to have something for the good guys to fight. Exactly. It's, it's no fun for your six or seven or eight or however many Rangers of the Year to take on the one villain figure that was released, which is another place where we were spoiled during the first year of Mighty Morphin, mm-hmm. is that when Bandai finally caught up and they got their additional factories going and they were working 24 hours a day to churn out these toys for, for all these parents who were beating each other up at Toys R Us <laughs> to get one figure, they released that first assortment, which was 12 figures. That first assortment that was originally planned for 15 figures, but then they realized, whoops, we can't pack 15 figures into a shipping case. <laughs> so, they cut, so that's when we lost Rita and Scorpina and Mutitis, and why those three, I couldn't tell you. And then after that, they had the second release. They had six. And then every year, the number mm-hmm. of evil space aliens was reduced, and, and it was sad. And then lately, Dino Charge, because I, I posted about it on, on my personal Facebook page back when the Dino Charge was at Toy Fair, and they showed off all of them in that display. And I was like, I don't believe it. They're listening. They're, they're, they're <laughs> finally talking to me. Here's, you know, Ice Age and uh, oh, I don't even remember anymore. Spellbinder. They're all yeah. sitting in a room. So it's like you're releasing a good number of, of, of villains again, and it was great. And then was, they seem to be getting away from that again. But the sad truth of it is mm-hmm. the uniqueness to the evil space aliens being different is what hurts them from a toy perspective. Because sure. if I'm making ranger figures, I make a boy mold, I make a girl mold, I maybe change the helmet, I maybe do different paint. But you can't use the same mold for Pudgy Pig as you do for Snizzard. So... <laughs> Which is why you get eight different colored trip toys and eight different colored crybots <laughs> across the different lines. It's like you gotta get, gotta get used to the mold. That's why you get the good versus evil packs they're doing now. Mm-hmm. No one wants to buy a set that has Red Ranger and Ripcon because everyone's already bought Red Ranger and Ripcon. But you gotta get used to the mold. If you haven't bought those two figures, that's a great way to get them in one shot. Yeah, just yesterday I got Spinferno set and. Mad Emodia set because I don't think we're getting individual releases of those, even though they were advertised. And what a great way for them to just repackage the figure with other toys that didn't sell <laughs> that they have yeah. multiples of. Exactly. I'm right there with you. Like when Dino Charge toy line released and we got all those monster figures, I was like, this is fantastic. Like these are just so great. And, yeah, now it's kind of trailing off a bit, and we'll see what Hasbro does. But I'm with you. Evil space alien monster figures are very cool. Gotta have them. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) You also have the Jew 2 footage guide, which props to you, sir, because that is just a whole mishmash of information and trying to piece all that together. So... Tell me how that came about. Well, my fascination with the Jutu monsters and Jutu footage started back in the day when I realized that, hey, the footage quality of this episode kind of changed. Why did it get darker? What's going on here? And you go and you find out, oh, this stuff's from Japan. Because, <laughs> yes, I, I didn't realize that at first. Some people say they realized that at first. I question the children who were <laughs> that discerning. But, yeah, whatever. Tell your story. I'll tell mine. <laughs> so... 
I went looking for him, and back then, because I've been around for a while, and I remember a time in the Power Rangers fandom online where no one had a monster conversion guide. You didn't know. The best thing you had is like, okay, this monster's called Krabby Cabby, and this Japanese word I can't pronounce says that it's a yellow vehicle guy. Well, that might be the same monster, because we didn't have pictures back then, because mm-hmm. no one had the ability to screen cap television, because no one had computers that could do such a thing. <laughs> If, if you wanted to watch Japanese Sentai, you went to Tennisar Video out of New York and you bought a VHS. <laughs> and if you were lucky, someone subtitled that VHS. That's how we were back then, back in the dark ages. So yep. I was into the footage and I was doing the research. And then, of course, as some fans know, and if not, they're going to learn about right now, one of the fans back then who I've known for uh, probably going on 20 years now, Jesse Lee Herndon, surf mm-hmm. back does the morphologyny footage guide yes. where he breaks down every episode scene by scene frame by frame to find out the source so by doing that i could then go into those episodes and pull out those scenes and reorder them as best we could and create the footage guide now bonus to that comes because i don't think i've ever officially said how i got the footage even though everyone kind of assumes they know <laughs> how i got the footage so i won't name names but you can figure it out but I was contacted by said person. Mm-hmm. Like He contacted me. I did not contact him. And he said, what's this Jew 2 thing you're talking about? That's footage that we shot. It's like, no, 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 not the footage you shot. It's like, well, yeah, we go to the park. You know, we, shoot, we started shooting the footage, the unmorphed fights in 94. And I said, well, there's that footage, and then there's this footage. And we went back and forth for years here and there talking <laughs> about the footage. And much like everyone who has become an adult, you have all the things you own and you don't know necessarily where they are. They're in a storage unit over here. They're in a closet over here. So it was always a case of one day I'm going to find my tapes and I will show you what I have. And I'd always say, okay, cool, cool. Whenever you get to it, secretly saying, go find those tapes right now. (laughs) You have stuff I want to see. You have stuff everyone wants to see. And he found a tape and this was still back a ways ago where you could take a screen cap of a VHS, but you didn't necessarily convert the VHS to video, right. and, you know, he said he sent some clips of the Piranha's Head episode. It's like, okay, I've seen that scene, I've seen that scene, this one's kind of blurry. And the whole time, I didn't realize that one of the single frames he sent me was from something we'd never seen. Oh. And I didn't piece that together until I got the rest later on, and I felt, it's like, okay, how stupid are you that you've <laughs> had this scene, this frame? But then the footage came through. I was at work one day trying to do my job and also trying to watch an invenable flytrap Zord battle that no one had ever seen, waiting for Mutitis to show up because that was always the thinking. Mutitis showed up in that battle, and Mutitis could transform Bloom of Doom, and it's like, no, it's a costume. They retained it like they did all the rest. (laughs) Back to Occam's Razor again. They didn't cut it because Mutitis was in it. They cut it because there was too much Monster Zord contact. It's just what it is. Yeah. And then I started releasing the footage, did it on Footage Friday, crashed my site a couple times, <laughs> and then the person that I might have been speaking of, or maybe not, who knows, Jeff Pruitt, the stunt coordinator, then decided to release the footage himself, which that's fine, it's his, and then now we both can get harassed about Jutu all the time. We're <laughs> so, and let me say, I don't have any more Jutu footage to be released. I hope someday I have more Jutu footage to release. I don't have any now. Please stop asking. I'm not holding it back. <laughs> I wish I had more. There's Salaguana stuff that I know we haven't seen. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. I don't have it. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Tyler Waldman at RSEF, he has some may be familiar with 
AFPR, which is the alt fan Power Rangers news group, but not much beyond that. Tell us, if you can, about the early days of the online Power Rangers fandom. Ah, uh, back in the day. <laughs> so I officially, unofficially, I, I don't know, I, I wasn't like jumped into the fandom online. It's like you kind of lurk for however long you lurk and then you start mm-hmm. conversating. In that regard, things are still the same. But back then, you didn't have message boards. You had Usenet, these news groups. You had all fan Power Rangers. You had alt.tv.sentai you had a really really long one for all of toku and i don't remember what it was that's why bookmarks exist but (laughs) think of it like a message board with a single forum Mm -hmm. and maybe tops 100 users but everyone's active everyone knows everyone it's like cheers everyone knows your name (laughs) everyone has their thing that they do like back then i didn't talk much because i was still the kid in the fandom Mm -hmm. back then it was always respect your elders you know this fan's been in the online fandom a year longer than me, which means they've been in it for almost since the beginning. You know, the <laughs> Ray Calderons who ran Ranger Board and yeah. before that had his fan site. Manny Perez, even uh, Mesh back then. Yep. Those were the big three sites. But everyone chatted on Usenet because that's where you could chat. And the nicest thing about back then is threefold. One, nicknames never changed. <laughs> so... Once I was Green Ranger, I've always been Green Ranger. It's not like message boards where someone starts having a conversation with me like they know me and I don't know who they are, and I find out, oh, you're that guy I've known for 10 years. How you doing? <laughs> like I said, everyone knows everyone, so even the trolls on the news groups, they served a purpose. They were welcome, and I'm not calling them a troll, but George Rod started back on <laughs> AFPR, everyone's favorite guy who now posts a lot on Ranger board combining everything. George goes way back. <laughs> I love George. He's a, he's a throwback to a previous time. He gets worked up when he does his combinations, but <laughs> he's old school to me and good in my book. Yeah. Not that anybody cares about my book. <laughs> but the other major thing was, back then, the internet was not something everyone used. Yeah. You had to understand how to use a computer and how to open a web browser and know what that is and how to find a news group, which was probably not even through your browser, but through some other third-party application. Mm-hmm. And there was almost that barrier to entry, whereas now, it's like, oh, I'm at the store, I saw a stupid Power Rangers toy, let me Google Power Rangers, I'm like, oh, Ranger Boy, that's popular, let me go on there and trash them, because I just can't <laughs> on my phone at Toys R Us still. So, it was a simpler time, Yes, and parts of me missed those days, but part of me also says, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was a nice, young, friendly poster back then. And then, I, you know, I went through my phase where I wasn't so nice. Now I think I'm nicer, but still sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> and people can feel free to correct me on that. <laughs> I was never part of, like, the used groups or whatever. Yeah, I did use the internet back then, but that was, like, for school. I wasn't looking for, <laughs> oh, yeah, Power Rangers, because I grew up with it, too. But I wasn't going... Wow, I wonder if there's other people on the interweb talking about Power Rangers. Sure. And then college happens and all that stuff. And I only found Ranger Board in like 2003. And I say only. Now it's like 15 years ago. And I'm like, child, you've barely been around. Everyone else is like, 2003? I wasn't born in 2003. (laughs) Yeah, so... I get it. I'm at that part where it's like, I recognize these names, but I wasn't part of that original contingent or whatever. But it's just amazing how deep the fans in this show go and how far back they go. 
funny how many generations there's been at this point. Yeah. Because even Tyler, who, speaking of usernames, to me, he's Rita Revolto. He'll always be Rita Revolto. Yes. But it's like he's saying, tell us if you can about the early days of online PR fandom. To me, and it's because so many years have passed, I don't necessarily remember him being on AFPR, but when I think of early days of PR fandom, Tyler's in that list. Yeah. He's not in the first generation with, you know, Ray and all of them, but neither am I. Right. And I spoke to someone, I don't know, six months ago who said the same thing. He's like, tell me what it was like in the old days. I'm like, I thought I remember you from the old days. So <laughs> everything's blended now. The show's been around for a long time, but the fandom feels like it's been around for 300 years. <laughs> yeah, there are days where I'm like, man, the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to get more into the side a bit, but Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man. He always asks favorite questions. And because you run like this gigantic toy database, <laughs> he wants to know what is your singular favorite Power Rangers toy? That's like picking your favorite child, <laughs> which I'm told is difficult. But I saw this question when he posted it and I've walked around the house. I've looked at what I have out. I've been through some boxes and trying to figure out the answer to that question, because top of mind, I don't have one. But people ask me, I worked in movie theaters for a very long time, and people mm -hmm. would ask me, what's your favorite movie? And I would say, I have no idea. <laughs> but I walked around, I did my best to pick one, and, and I, I got to go with the recently released in Japan, the Jusoken, Dragon Rangers Flute, the Japanese yes. version of the Dragon Dagger, a.k.a. the Legacy Dragon Dagger... <laughs> enhanced a little right and that's the kind of the positive thing to bandai going is they had a kind of a good uh scheme going where we're going to release a really cool legacy item in america and i say "Ooh, i'm going to buy that and then the next year in japan we're going to release that same thing again but better <laughs> and i say i gotta buy that too <laughs> so i now own i never owned an original dragon dagger mm -hmm. because couldn't find one but i did get a power playback dragon dagger so i now own that one a legacy dragon dagger and then the, the recent Juso can release. So I own three. You apparently need more than three to summon the real Dragon Zord, because he hasn't shown up yet. But... Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but that's okay. They'll release another one at some point. Though Hasbro, I'm sure, will. I mean, oh, why yeah. not? Yeah. So I got to go with that. And if you want to speak American, because obviously that's, that's not a Power Ranger toy, technically, I got to go with Legacy Dragon Zord, because, again, first episode I saw, and mm -hmm. soon to be... Presumably, when they released the, the Chagokin one, which, looking forward to, that crazy, beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, I recently got the Chagokin Megazord as a gift, and I'm seriously considering, it's like, I should just sell my Legacy one, because, I mean, if they do Titanus in Chagokin, holy I'm cow. I'm horrified by that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly horrified. The wallet is going to cry quite a bit. And here's another perfect example. So, of course, you know, the first Zord I ever owned, I got for Christmas in 94. I got Red Dragon Thunder Zord and oh, Thunder Zord Assault Team. So yes. I have Thunder Megazord. And then, of course, they did the Legacy Thunder Megazord, which, of course, I got. Well, now, Japan, they're re-releasing the original <laughs> one with some, you know, enhanced tooling and some enhanced detail. And I look at it and say, that's the first one I had. You've enhanced it. I got to get it. Right. But then why do I keep the original one other than the fact that I probably can't sell it because, you know, they released a new one in America, a new one in Japan. It's not worth anything. Plus, it's been heavily played with. It's like, do I get rid of it? But it's the first one. And then yeah. the toys just pile up and you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get out of bed because you're covered and everything. So, <laughs> too many. 
Way too many, way too many. <laughs> so, GreenRanger.com. When did it start? What was your motivation for creating this site? It started December 18th, 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and don't ask why, because who knows anymore. I wrote it down somewhere, and I came across it years ago. I'm like, I remember that day. And coming up on 20 years at the end of this year. Yep. But one can thank or blame, if you so choose, Joe Rovang for GreenRanger.com. Oh, yeah. Because at the time... Joe Rovang ran the Writer's Guide to the Power Rangers Universe, which mm-hmm. was the Power Rangers Wikipedia, for lack of a better term at the time, except only he edited it. And he kept track of monster details and appearances and mistakes and a lot of stuff which came out to then expand into GreenRanger.com. But it was that website where I first discovered that websites are written in human-readable code and I could learn how to do it. So because of Joe, I started to teach myself HTML, and mm. then CS, and then all these other languages that half your listeners don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's just expanded and expanded and expanded. And the last two jobs I've had as a professional web developer are because of GreenRanger.com, because I can show them, hey, I did this, look at this. So Joe is a good friend. We disagree on a lot of things sometimes, <laughs> but we've known each other for a long time. And similarly, Power Rangers, like I have a large place in my heart for Power Rangers, because mm. Power Rangers is why I get to live the way I do and buy the toys I buy and have the success I do in my life is because the skills I used in my job are because of Power Rangers. So in some regard, it's loyalty that can survive getting sold to Disney (laughs) and switching to Hasbro and running Operation Overdrive. And And whatever craziness they decide to throw away next in the next 25 years, who knows? I will watch it. I may not love it, I may not watch it multiple times, but they got my loyalty for life. Yeah, I totally respect that. And as fans, we do the things that we love because we love the show, and the show helped us in some way, shape, or form. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why there's podcasts, that's why there's website databases, and huge archives, and message boards, and all this stuff. So obviously a site like this is massive. So how much work do you put into the site? I don't know, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis at this point. It varies, obviously. Summers are nice because the show's not on. (laughs) Toys aren't coming out. In that regard, I almost work a teacher schedule in that, you know, you work nine months a year and then you get the summer off. But (laughs) when new episodes are running, obviously... I have to watch the episode as close to airing as possible, Mm -hmm. not necessarily even because I want to or I have to, but because if I don't have my website updated in a certain amount of time, the emails start flowing in either, (laughs) when are you going to update your site, or are you okay? (laughs) Yesterday was a good example. I didn't get to see the episode when it aired. I went and saw Black Panther. I was two hours behind, and I didn't get a single email, and I was happy. (laughs) But I got my updates done. And then Sundays, I have to go through and find where the video is and timestamp the mistakes, grab the title card, those Mm -hmm. things. But other than that, it's all toys all the time, unless I'm working on a particular project, of which I'm always working on a particular project. But come home from work, hop on Twitter, see (laughs) what's blown up that day, see if someone's reporting, oh, I found Legacy Blue Zeo Ranger. Okay, you found it. You got a picture of it. I can confirm that you're actually in the U.S. and not in another country, which I only track when stuff's released in the U.S. because that's Mm -hmm. where I am and I can verify stuff and see if there's anybody who's 
either legitimately or not legitimately discovered something on some retailer's website, see if I can legitimately find anything on any retailer's websites. I don't look illegitimately. I'm a good boy. I'm not hacking any of the websites. <laughs> if, if Walmart goes down, it's not because I'm looking for Power Ranger toys. <laughs> and then people send me emails throughout mm-hmm. the day of their sightings. It takes as much time as it takes. I lose a lot more evenings than, than I care to notice sometimes working <laughs> on stuff, especially this week. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a very long week. <laughs> but it's a labor of love, and primarily the whole reason why I've done all this stuff in the beginning is I track the toys because I like the toys. Mm-hmm. I track the monsters because I like the monsters. I track the cards because I collect the cards. You won't see any bios of rangers or the actors and actresses that play them because that's not my thing. Right. Everything on the site is first and foremost because I'm interested in it and I'm trying to keep track of it for myself. And I said, hey, it's stupid just to do that for myself. Let's share it with everyone else. So everyone gets to benefit from my brand of insanity. <laughs> and I thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> We actually had a question from at Common Ranger Bet. He asked, has finding information on toys gone easier over the years? And if so, in what way? Back in the day, it was always the case of if you want to find out information on toys, you know, you go to Toys R Us, you go to Target, you go to Walmart, and maybe you share online that you found something, and maybe you are or are not believed. But then, of course, in recent years, everyone has a camera phone. So... <laughs> If someone finds a toy, they snap a pic, and they post it online, and then you know it's out. And anybody who says they found something and didn't take a picture, well, either A, they're lying, B, they aren't lying, but they didn't have a camera phone, or C, they didn't expect that we were going to call them a liar because they didn't take a picture. But now, we want the pictures. Prove it. (laughs) So in that regard, things are a lot easier because people are taking pictures all the time. It's just a matter of sorting Mm -hmm. through A, I found this Red Ranger, and here's what I'm eating for dinner, and here's a selfie with the guy at (laughs) Toys R Us that I checked out with. It's like, sort through all that stuff. Where's the important stuff? Obviously, retailers are online now. Yep. Amazon has stuff. Walmart has stuff. Back in my day, when I started (laughs) doing Power Ranger toys, and you went to Amazon, you went to Amazon to buy books. (laughs) Amazon to sell toys. (laughs) And then later, if you wanted toys, you went to Toys R Us, which Amazon ran online for many years until (laughs) Toys R Us took it back. So it's a great time in terms of easiness for toys because people are posting stuff all the time. It's just the one downside in recent years is, the fandom has become more and more spread out and where they post things. Right. Five years ago, if a toy was out, you know, because you went to Ranger Board and maybe Ranger Crew, and someone posted the same post in two places and maybe multiple places on each board. Hey, I was at the store today. Here's my picture of whatever it is. Whereas now, maybe I post it on Twitter and I tag my favorite website. And then if I'm not that website, I have to hope that that person retweets it or then tags me or reposts it somewhere else. So in that regard, it's gotten difficult again because people aren't posting it everywhere because there's so many places to post. Yeah, and now you have to check like Facebook groups and there's a million of those out there and which ones do you go to and and all that stuff. Years ago, I spent more time driving store to store. Now I spend more time surfing website to website. So I can do it in the comfort of my own home, but it still takes a bit of time. Yeah, the information on toys probably gotten easier, but can you talk about the distribution of the toys lately? Because from my experience, it just seems like it's all over the place. 
I have to wait until my store sells out while I'm buying everything, but no one else is, and I'm never going to see anything in my area. So maybe for the listeners who can't find stuff in their area, maybe explain why that's the case. Sure. It's economics. If you're of an age where you can take an economics class, either in high school or college, or you've got a local community college you can go and check out, or watch a YouTube video, I don't know, economics <laughs> will answer so many of these crazy toy things, and it'll help you understand, but it all comes down to supply and demand. No store is going to stock figures right. that no one wants to buy. And what happens is, as has happened with the Legacy Collection girls, is that they get a bunch of girls, and they're not buying cases of girls. It's no fault of their own, but you go to the store, and I know <laughs> there's a Target by me who right now has one Kimberly and two Ashleys. And I know I don't need to check that Target as often because those figures are going to sit. So they have three figures. A case of Legacy figures is six figures. You're not going to put out another full case of those yep. when you already have half a case on the shelf. I don't remember who, it might have been a Bandai rep, I don't remember exactly who said, the Psycho Rangers are ready to go, but in order to get them out, you need to go buy the girl figures. And on some hand, yeah, that's insulting. It's like, I've supported you, I've bought all these figures, I want my whatever's next. I want my Zeo Red and Zeo (laughs) Blue and Dino Thunder Black right now. And you can't get them. But on the same hand, what they're saying, and I don't know that it was a direct quote, I don't remember, but it's mm-hmm. a crude, sad truth. If your store is full of stock that can't sell, you're stuck. Now, some people are lucky. They either live in an area with multiples of these stores, and some people are not. Like, personally, I have two Toys R Us's near me. I have one that's 15 minutes away, and I have one that's 45 minutes away. Well, guess what? The first one's closed, yeah. so that sucks for me. But on the same hand, they don't ever have anything because they have movie legacy collection figures. They have at least two or three of the individual dino charger dinosaur pack oh god (laughs) i could rant for a whole time about toys r us and what they've done wrong just in my specific toys r us but no one cares but there's no perfect solution right and the sad thing is is that there's no way for these stores to recover it's like okay yeah my target that has the kimberly and the two ashley's well the next wave comes out well they're not going to get them because they have the kimberly and two ashley's and the next wave comes out well they're not going to get them and there's no way for that to ever clear unless either A, someone buys those figures, a random person who comes along and wants them, or B, unfortunately, you, the collector who wants them to restock, or they clearance them out. Yeah. And none of that's likely or desirable, so it it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) There's no happy solution. And then if you start buying everything online, well, then the stores are never going to stock them because they finally stocked them and you didn't buy them. Well, of course you didn't buy them. You already bought it online. So it's one of the short list of things where i'm definitely excited about hasbro is that Mm -hmm. they have the online store presence and i don't know how extensive it is because i can't think of a single thing i've ever collected in my life that i personally paid for that is hasbro i had some transformers when i was a kid but they're always gifts so i don't know how hasbro works which is fun because soon i'll be covering hasbro (laughs) Uh, that's my stress (laughs) but i'm looking forward to hopefully hasbro's online shops, and, you know, Amazon, all the retailers, such as that, carrying this stuff so that people can get it. Oh, for sure. So, back to your site, one thing I'm curious about, what are sections of the site that you're most proud of? Whether the layout, 
the information, how you came about finding it. What are some of those sections that are really personal achievements for you? I won't name layout and I won't name design. And you being graphic designer can probably look and say, this guy's site's not ugly, but it's not flashy. I don't have an eye for design. I'm a code nerd. (laughs) I make my site as clean as possible. Not a lot of flourishes. I'm information first. That's just how I am. But in terms of most proud of, it's probably got to be the episode guides just Mm -hmm. because they connect to so much of the rest of the site. The toys live by themselves and the cards live by themselves, but everything else ties into episode guides because... It lists monster appearances. It lists mistakes. It lists airings. All, however many thousand we're up to. That number I don't have off the top of my head. <laughs> it connects to what footage has been used. It mm-hmm. connects to Ju2 and Ju1.5 when those are applicable. It's kind of the hub from which everything else connects, which is also why that when something breaks on the site, if the episode guides aren't working, it's like, oh, okay, something broke. Which of these 50 things is broke? Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of testing. <laughs> make sure nothing breaks because when something breaks it's, it's a bad day yeah and there's been times where i've like gone to your site and just poked around and you can get into quite a bit of rabbit hole because then it's like oh well what about that episode and oh yeah that episode and so <laughs> i appreciate the clean design because I, I think you've done a very good job of really organizing everything and the interconnectivity like you said is huge and a big time saver for you as well Oh, yes. Before I took a database class, everything was raw individual files. So, for example, yesterday's episode, let's see. I would have had to create a page for an episode, create a link to the episode on the index page. I would have needed to add the monster to the monster list, add the monster conversion to the monster conversion list, updated the airing date on both the February 17th page, the February page, the 2018 page, <laughs> update the mistakes, which lives somewhere else, this morning updated the credits, and if there's any new people in the credits, such as the character that played the father and the character who played bearded captain guy, <laughs> those two were brand new characters. Those two were brand new actors that had never been in Power Rangers before, so those each get pages. Whereas now, it's in a database. Mm-hmm. Updated in a couple places, all the pages update for me. If I hadn't learned about databases, this site would not exist anymore because I would have <laughs> lost my mind by now. <laughs> No, I hear you. When you put it like that, there's so many things that would just be so time-consuming to update. I know I wouldn't have the patience for that kind of thing. It takes a special brand of insanity, and I am that special brand of insanity. (laughs) Well, moving on to toys. A lot of people asked about unreleased toys. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) So I'm just going to write this down a little bit. Chris from Toe Nation at Toe Chris has what in your opinion is the quote-unquote rarest power rangers toy that's actually seen a release of some sort plenty of supposed to come out but didn't or a test shot figure or two that slipped out etc but what about actually released barely well a lot of people and i think a lot of people will appreciate this will say the rarest figure ever released are going to be uh the legacy collection zeo blue and black dino thunder because they're not at my local store, and I don't have them yet, and if I go on eBay, I have to pay $200 for them. That's not the rarest. It's still new. Stop freaking out. It's going to be out. Everyone freaks out about the new thing, thinking it's going to be rare. Sometimes it's rare. These figures are not going to be any rarer than they have been recently. Not that you're going to be able to find them easily, because they haven't been easy to find lately, but there's not only two black dino thunder rangers out there and if you don't own one of the two you don't get one but in terms of 
serious answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, back in the day, if we're talking 90s, when you didn't have a bunch of store exclusives and stuff, it was usually stuff that showed up in the fall, just because as we've become more and more accustomed to, the fall stuff comes out late. It may or may not make it by Christmas. Right. So stuff that comes to mind are the fall line of Zeo and Turbo Evil Space Aliens. Anybody who owns a Divatox figure knows they own a Divatox figure because they paid out of whatever for the Divatox <laughs> figure. It was rare then. It's rare now. Mm-hmm. I own one. I paid way more than I'm willing to admit, <laughs> but not more than I was willing to spend. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> There is an upper limit. I didn't hit that, so that's that's good. But throughout the Disney years, anything that was a Disney store release is rare. Yeah, the Wolf Warrior, Korag, the red version, right? As far as I know, that never saw an official American or non-exclusive release. The one that, because I'm sure you're thinking in your head of that photo of that three-pack, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, that was a sourced from the UK photo, and it was like an exclusive set, like two, I don't want to say store exclusive, more exclusive, almost like a, hey, come to, almost like a, come to Toy Fair, you're a retailer, you get this cool set. I have never seen a photo of that set other than that photo. I almost call into the authenticity of that photo because mm. it is so rare. Never seen existence of it in the U.S., so I don't consider that a release, personally. That's fair. But anything from a Disney store release, because there's still stuff. I still search eBay for this stuff because just two weeks ago, I found another toy on eBay that was a Disney store release that I never knew existed because they did so many random releases of reissue stuff or repackaged stuff. Mm-hmm. And no one seemed to go to Disney stores, even back when we all knew that they had these toys. <laughs> Allegedly, I found an item number for a Disney store exclusive Jungle Fury Megazord. Never seen a picture of it. Don't know if it was released, but I have a number for it. Uh-huh. They did the RPM ones because they did them with either better paint or die cast. I don't remember. But allegedly that's out there but i can't prove it Disney uh. store stuff is nuts and then after that there's the power rangers hero line the the kb toys exclusive those figures oh, right. especially the early ones where the figures are good and people want them as opposed to the repackaged armored from a bike but doesn't come with the armor <laughs> figures that they did later on yeah if you've got a power rangers heroes series one phantom ranger mint on card you got something good don't open that nice <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither don't do I. If anyone has one, don't, don't open that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, don't touch it. Just leave it as is. It's good. <laughs> Put it in a temperature, humidity-controlled room. Never look at it. Don't touch it. It's blocked from any and all sunlight. It's just oh, oh, yes. sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> just be happy knowing that you have it, but you can never see it again. <laughs> Okay, a different twist on this question, and it was asked by two different people. (laughs) Julio Coolio 6 and Kentucky Jam, they want to know, there's two variations. Julio asked, if you could have one unreleased Power Rangers toy come out officially, what would it be? My interpretation of that being something that they haven't made but didn't necessarily plan to make. Right. Like, a lot of people would say, I, I want a Youth Center Juice Bar playset. People might say that. I'm not necessarily into that, but playset is a good area to explore mm-hmm. because they did them for a few years. They did the Time Force, whatever that thing was called that was weird, that had the opening wall and came with the Rancic figure. They did the one with Wild Force that came with Shayla, and then they did the semi-trucks for a few years. 
The play sets are nice. If they did the right attention to detail, like allegedly there was going to be a Lord Zed play set at one point, mm-hmm. which everyone has always assumed meant the throne room, that would be cool to have. But on the same hand, as an adult collector who has a lot of stuff, I don't have any room for those playsets. <laughs> right. Well, even the movie playset that they were talking about doing. Yes. That there's the photo floating around that has the do not take a photo of this in it. <laughs> like That could have been cool, but I don't have anywhere for it. I, right. I'll open it, maybe. I'll put it together. I'll look at it. I'll post some figures. I'll say, this is really cool. Into the box it goes. I feel the same way about, like, the Imagine X stuff. I collect all the Imagine X figures and most of the Zords, but mm-hmm. I can't pull the trigger on those playsets because I really have no room <laughs> for them. And as cool as they are, that's just not my thing. But I see where you're coming from. You won't buy a command center just to get Alpha? No. As much as I love Alpha, it's like, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> That's where you and I differ. Because <laughs> I bought that set for that Alpha, and I love my Alpha, even though he's black instead of blue, which is kind of weird. But, okay. <laughs> That's cool. I remember being more blue than black, but maybe I'm misremembering out. <laughs> and speaking of Imagine X, and I haven't yes. seen anybody write about this, and maybe it's because I don't follow the right people, or maybe it's because I've been overwhelmed, but I personally, and I don't have any overwhelming base. For this. this is just me sp- speaking off, off the cuff and worried about the Imagine X toys because Imagine X is Fisher Price and Fisher Price is Mattel. Oh, yeah. And Mattel is not Hasbro. And I'm worried because I love those figures. When someone posted, Amazon has Thunder, Megazord, and Piranha said, I said, bye, bye, bye. I need that right now. <laughs> because I like Evil Space Aliens. And as I've written, they were the first company ever to release the yep. entire Drew Ranger villain set in the same scale. I got Scorpina, and I got Rita, and I got Babu and Squat, and they're all the same size, and it's amazing. But on the same hand, I always say, if the toy companies aren't going to make toys for me to buy, then I don't have to buy them, and then I get to keep my money. And I can't really complain about keeping money. So it's, exactly. it's one of those things. you got to look at it from the right perspective. Totally. And Kentucky Jam asks, what's the item you'd most want to have that was revealed or known about in some form that was ultimately never released. Well, that's an easy one. Now we're going to talk Evil Space Aliens again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm just going to list them off real fast, and then I'm going to drop a, a couple pieces of news that no one since the 90s probably even know about. So, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're talking about villains that have never been released, and I talk in the, the classic scale. I was never an 8-inch fan, though I do own most of them because I'm a nut. But I want that original Rita. I want that Scorpina. And the fun thing about Scorpina is... I know who freaking owns that prototype, and I want it. <laughs> but uh, it's not going to happen. I want Rutitis. I want Witchblade from Third Year, Alien Ranger Monster. You know, they were going to do Malagor and Metallosaurus in the 8-inch. Oh. So all those are cool. But, and here's where we go. There's two figures that were talked about in the 90s that were revealed on Alt-Fan Power Rangers that were never released, and we never saw photos of them, and I cannot find the original posts so I can't verify that the person who posted is credible or not. So I haven't put them in the guide. But there was talk back then that, yes, there was going to be a Dark Honda figure. And the numbering of the Power Rangers in Space Line supports the fact that there were more figures that were canceled. And I say plural, because there were more than one. But Dark Honda is the only one we know about. And they were also planning, allegedly, on making Olympias. Oh. Yes. The crazy thing about all those years that were skipped, 
and because they're not Mighty Morphin, Bandai's not into them, is we got evil space aliens here and there, but the actual core villains are underrepresented. Yes. They didn't do King Mondo. They didn't do Dark Spectre, Astronema, mm-hmm. Scorpius, Trakina. Master Org was only an exclusive set, but they didn't do Nazor and Mandalock and the other one that I'm blocking on. But they did uh, Lothor and Vexicus and Zergane, but they didn't do the other guys. Foot soldiers are terrible. There's no Piranatron. There's no Quantron. There's no Suave. There's no Tyrannodrone. <laughs> there are so many potential, yeah. hot, not one-off villains that Hasbro might do that I'm just saying, hey, Hasbro, can I just connect you to my savings account? Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> take it all. You're going to get it eventually. Just, just take it up front and just send me these figures because it's going to happen. I hope. Oh, my God. Like I just think about Hasbro and how they handle Marvel Legends and they do two-packs and all this stuff. There could be so many great two-packs with some really amazing villains that we haven't had released before. So the potential is there. I just hope they do it. (laughs) The amazing thing with, and I don't know, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Like you, I'm a Star Trek guy, but I'm not a Star Trek guy to the degree you are because (laughs) I don't have that much time. But the impression of Star Wars figures always was it's like if you're a background character that appears in one frame in a Star Wars movie, they will make a figure of you. And it's like that's ridiculous. But on the same hand, again, one thousand one hundred seventy seven monsters, that's nuts. But with the two packs, I have said this for years and I don't see why it's done. The whole problem with villains is the molds. Well here's what you do. You do let's take space for an example. You do Red Ranger with a Quantron. You do Blue Ranger with a Quantron. You do Black Ranger with a Quantron. You do Pink Ranger with a Quantron. You do et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Those are all $20 because, you know, two $10 figures. Well, the people who want an army build with their foot soldiers, mm-hmm. they get them. They just use the same mold five times, so they got the value out of that mold. Yes. I don't understand why we do not get the foot soldiers every year. It baffles me. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Because the Rangers are nothing if they're not fighting the villains. That's the whole point. (laughs) So, Adam, at Little Adam 87, well, this is kind of mood at this point, but what's an item you'd like to see Bandai that has not been released in any form, or any that you would like to see redone? I could say the Foot Soldiers, because we just talked about that. Yeah. Maybe no one cares about the Swabies, because they only appeared when they were in the Lost Galaxy for like eight episodes, but... (laughs) Completionist, I'm insane. I accept that. But in terms of redone at this point, especially switching to Hasbro, and Hasbro is a giant company and they have lots of people, and collectively, I'm sure they're hundreds of times more intelligent than me, so I don't presume to tell them things they don't already know. But I'm worried that they're going to try to rehash stuff off the bat that it's too early to rehash. They can bring out the MMPR in the first whatever action figure line. I think that's a given. It's going to happen because. That's what happens. But if they're going to do six inch or six and a half inch or whatever figures of them, don't do space. We just got space. Don't do Ninja Storm. We just got Ninja Storm. You got to avoid those years now, mm-hmm. at least in what you just released. Don't release a Legacy Power Morpher because we have them. Bandai, in that regard, by sticking with Mighty Morphin for so long, has kind of sapped Mighty <laughs> Morphin dry. That, that there's not a lot for Hasbro to do off the bat. And I hope that they're not crazy and they forget to look at that because no one's going to buy another Legacy Morpher. Nope. This is me walking in my house. This is exciting to listen to on the podcast. (laughs) But let's see, how many Legacy Morphers do I own? I'm crazy. I own 
to then the six, which is the regular one, yeah. the Green Ranger, White Ranger one, yeah. and the four from the movie. And then I bought the two from Japan. I don't want any more Legacy Morphers. <laughs> not give me any more Legacy Morphers. I'm not going to buy them. Nope. If you release a set of power coins with all the coins of the set in the same finish, I will buy that. I would like a ninja set of five coins and a Falcon Zord coin that all match. I don't have that right now. Right. Because <laughs> Bandai is insane. But they need to be careful when they go with the classic stuff. Right. And I'm sure they will be, like I said, Hasbro's big, Hasbro's smart. It worries me probably unnecessarily. I just hope that they know what they're getting into, and I hope that they <laughs> have done their research. Because you're right, it would kill a line out the gate to release stuff that's already been released in the past five years. No yeah. one's going to buy that. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Don't give me a, hey, adult collectors, we made you a Red Ranger power sword. That's nice. I have one of those. <laughs> Can you make me a Black Ranger Power X that's compatible with it? <laughs> no, but Red Ranger's more popular. Right, but I own that. <laughs> Angelo Colby at Super Ranger asked, Animal Zords versus Machine Zords, which do you prefer and or make better toys, in your opinion? Um, I don't know that I have a preference for one or another. I will say that Gal Ranger was the first that I imported Mm-hmm. And I partially did so because they were amazing to look at. When we saw the first press photos or whatever those, and I made a purchase from a small website at that time that I think had been online for two years called Big Bad Toy Star. That's cheap plug. <laughs> Which I get no money for, so thanks to me. But I got Gal Elephant and Gal Giraffe. And those are amazing because they're well sculpted. They've mm-hmm. got shiny paint. They're amazing to look at. And from that degree... Those, I would almost say, it's animals because of them. But vehicles are good when they're done right. Even the Car Ranger vehicles, the turbo vehicles, they're a little cheesy. They're a little silly in some ways because, you know, Adam and his minivan, how exciting is that? (laughs) But the way they combine Mm -hmm. the chrome detailing on them, what they did in the turbo movie when they had all the crazy intricacies when the Zords grew and they were combined, that was amazing to see. It was awesome, yeah. If the Zords are done right... And the combinations work, and if you're going to combine them all in the end, and you've got a crazy thing that's got 12 parts put together, if that still looks good, and that's difficult, if that still looks good, you got a winner. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen some combinations where it's just like, <laughs> this is the pile of something Megazord, how exciting. That's, <laughs> wow, that's great. So there's potential easy to go either way, but I will say, personally, Shogun Megazord is my favorite Megazord, which is why it hurts so bad <laughs> that we got to Legacy Shogun, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. But, and my second is Super Zeo, because they're the individual robots that combine to form a bigger robot. That's the style I like, because it's the same formula as the Rangers. It's exactly. five individual Rangers that when the monster grows, they combine to form a Megazord. So, it's the same thing at a different scale. Man, the Shogun Megazord, ugh, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I think about it, I'm like, if only. The only thing that keeps me going with that is that I love that Megazord so much that I just tell myself, Bandai could have hit it out of the park, and I would have still been at least a little disappointed for some reason, and I just kind of hold on to that saying, it's better that they didn't try, because then I can't be disappointed, even though I (laughs) really want it. It hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Andy S. at Andros922 asked if you collect any toy lines besides Power Rangers. I don't collect anything with the ferocity of Power Rangers. (laughs) Now, that's not to say that I collect everything that Power Rangers related, because I don't. Right. But I am a Lego guy. I've been a Lego guy since I was very young. 
So I spend too much money on both properties, and in the end, Lego might get more money just because I buy some of the bigger, higher-end models. And the great thing with Lego, because Lego does a lot of licensing with other licenses, and the great thing with them is they keep managing to get licenses that I don't collect which I love because if I was a Star Wars fan, I would be living in an alley somewhere because of all the money I spent on Star Wars. I go, it's insane. I don't collect Star Wars. I don't Mm. collect Lord of the Rings. I don't collect Harry Potter. I don't collect any of that stuff. So when the rumor came out that Lego might be doing Power Rangers and then when that idea set hit 10,000 votes, both times it's like 30%, ooh, Lego Power Rangers, that'd be really cool, and 70%, no, 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 please, no, 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 no. Good news, because they're not doing it. So <laughs> They did do the Mega Blocks, so did you collect okay. any of that or no? I'm a Lego purist. Okay. So I'm very anti-Mega Blocks, but I have to speak quietly so no one hears. I did buy the set of the six MMPR Rangers. The 20th anniversary nice one? Yes, I bought that one just because... It was cool to have them in that scale, kind of Lego-y, but beyond that, I I can't. Megablocks, I can't. I can't. (laughs) They're they're bootleg Legos. It'd be like going to your dollar store and getting that five-pack where everyone's a red Space Ranger, but one's blue and one's black, and they all have the same (laughs) weapon. They have, like, guns and stuff, like, bootleg like crazy. That's how Megablocks are to me. I can't. They're just, (laughs) they're nasty. Okay. Steffi at Sapphire Steffi asked, given your massive collection, if you had one minute to grab only your most favorite toys, what would you grab and why? This is a good point to repeat, because there are people who think this. I don't own every Power Rangers toy. I don't. I don't collect them all. Okay. I collect a very large (laughs) but specific subset. And I doubt that she thinks this, but this happens. Because I get emails from people, and I catalog on my site, when uh, ABC Auctions sold a bunch of monster suits. Yeah. Back 15 years ago, I get emails to this day. Hey, I really like that monster suit. How much do you want for it? I don't own it. <laughs> like, when are you going to sell more? I don't own any of them. I don't read the page. I don't have these things. I would love to have a monster suit, but first I would have to love to have a warehouse. <laughs> I think back to when they did the box and Paparazzi got the Dark Honda suit and he was sitting yeah. in it on his couch. I'm like, that is amazing. I am not yet that crazy. <laughs> But mad props to him for doing it. For sure. (laughs) But if I'm going to grab my favorite toys, on some level, it's kind of, you got to grab, obviously, what's closest, but you got to grab the the higher-end stuff because it's worth a lot. So I'm going to grab my Power Ranger Heroes Series 3, of which I have a set, and that took a long time to complete. I'm going to grab my Cardillion cards because I have the second largest set of those since I've been overtaken by a friend of mine, I would grab my complete set of Mystic Knights, the figures. I have them all. They're all full on cards. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went through the hassle of getting those recently. And it's funny, because the villains are relatively easy to find. When you try to find Garrett, the fifth one, yeah, that's not a good day, <laughs> but I found them all. So you got to grab those, and I'm sure mm-hmm. I'd grab some of my Sentai stuff. That's easy to get, just because it's expensive, it's nice, it's imported. Fancy. I would try to grab all of my Japanese Ranger keys because mm. those premium uh, sets. How, how did I not say that? <laughs> <laughs> I did not say Ranger keys. And I mean, I'm crazy. I own two of the four rare apparel keys, R196. I own two of the four variations, oh, wow. but I did not say Ranger keys. See, on some level, it's like, I don't own everything, but clearly I own too much if I did not say Ranger keys. <laughs> 
that was the first thing I thought of because I'm like, that's amazing. That took a while and too much money for me to go. No, nah, I'm not going to grab those. <laughs> and to the fans out there who I know that because they still post about them on Twitter every year, I wonder when they're going to release the next set with the previous team. I love you guys. I respect <laughs> your desire to get them. Don't release any more of those. I'm tired of buying them because the next set's just like, here's five Jewoger figures, and the set we're going to release two variations in the same box because one one set will be shiny, and you know four hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Ranger keys, but I'm done. <laughs> I am completely the same way. When they did that Tokuger set, I'm like, yes. Are you killing me right now? You did literally every variation color change. It's a forty key set. Stop it. <laughs> End it. You know the worst thing about that set? I didn't even watch the future and I bought that set. <laughs> Same. Same. I'm right there with you. <laughs> uh, oh, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then PPD underscore 4795, they asked, favorite fight in Power Rangers? Um... I don't know that I can name a specific fight. Nothing comes to mind. Preferably something that has a right balance of the right amount of puns, but not too many puns, <laughs> which, is, which is a line that they don't really understand anymore. I'm probably going to go something in the Mighty Morphin era, in that era, either shot in the Jutu footage or Mr. Pruitt's footage, just because they had the right blend of puns, they had the right blend of, you know, your karate noises. And the one thing that the show is sorely lacking today, is the music. You put mighty raw music behind any battle, it takes that battle up to another notch <laughs> that you can't reach otherwise. And it's sadly lacking these days. Yeah. Don't even get me started on reusing past themes in the Megazord fights. This week, they finally didn't. It's the, it's oh, the wow. first episode. I don't know how many episodes where I didn't have to copy and paste that same mistake. <laughs> my God, over and over. Use Samurai theme, then Monsters Defeated, use Dino Charge theme. Like, stop. If I'm watching the show, and I understand, you know, it's background, they're trying to slip it by, but it's like you're getting into the fight. Yeah, Zord's winning. And then it ends, and you say, D Power Rangers, Dino Charge. And you look at it, it's like, these are ninjas. What is going on? <laughs> Why am I humming along the Dino Charge theme? Because it's, it's in my brain. I know what theme it is. And it's, I don't know. <laughs> One of the funniest errors I thought recently, because when we do episode reviews on this show, I'm looking at the errors because I want to point them out. And for a while, they started, it was like second unit, second unit director. Like, what are you doing with these typos? Come on. They're still doing it. They're I know. They're still doing it. I don't know who's running the credits. I, and I mean, it's the most asinine thing to look for, but I document the credits, and I saw it. And the guys who do the second unit, I mean, these guys, Mr. Anushi and Mr. Noguchi, they've been around. They were either with the company with Disney or they were with Saban before. They've been there for years. It's just like, who copied and pasted? You hit Control-V twice. You gotta, you gotta check that. And I don't know. But then again, I'm mentioning my mistake guide with the music, and people are complaining about Twitter on music. No one on Twitter is like, man... Second unit director, you wrote that twice. No, no one, no one catches that. That's... <laughs> I do yeah, because yeah. I see it, and I'm like, "What are they even doing?" <laughs> we are a couple unique people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then a completely random, off the wall question. I don't know why Daryl asked this. Daryl J. Delphin asked, "If you could be a five course dinner, what would you be and why?" I saw this question. The first thing I did was to Google five-course dinner, because I wanted to make sure that I had my courses right. And I admit, I pondered this for a while, and I could probably answer what five-course dinner would you like, 
and not what you would be. But so I, I'm going to cheat a little. Okay. And I'm going to instead name what one dish I would be. And I, I think people will appreciate this. I say, I'm an oyster. I'm an acquired taste. Some people really enjoy me. And some people get violently ill when I'm around. <laughs> you, you, you either you love me or you hate me. And some of that's going to be my personality. I understand. Some of that's going to be other people. But it is what it is. But I don't feel that I get a lot of middle. <laughs> people want me around or people want me to never come back. And I can respect both of those. That's fair. I really like that answer. That's A plus in my book. <laughs> This has been a lot of fun. I got to say, this has been really, really cool. Would love to have you back on the show whenever big news breaks in toys. And yeah, when, whenever the, the license gets sold again. <laughs> you know, I, we'll talk in another 10 years. <laughs> But now it's time to plug away. Where can listeners find you online? Website, obviously, which is what we've been talking about, greenranger.com. No vowels. That's just... (laughs) That's correct. You figured it out. (laughs) I figured the code. (laughs) I'm actually a little surprised that you didn't ask where that came from. I had an answer prepared because I know where it came from. (laughs) Wow, then that was me mind-blanking. So, yeah, where did that come from? (laughs) So when I started compiling Power Ranger information, because, you know, that's OCD and whatever else, was long before the website, because if you go on my website, you know, my website's been around since 98, but all the dating for my monster list is 94, because I used to keep track of monsters on my computer at home when I was still a teenager in 94. And 94 was a year before Windows 95. Mm. And back then, when you named a file... You only had eight letters to use, and I had to come up with an abbreviation for a file name. And I picked green because it's my last name, not because it's my favorite color, because it's actually not. And I picked Green Ranger, no special characters, no vowels, because it's seven letters, which means it fits. That's really cool, actually. Okay. (laughs) I picked it because I'm old, and I'm from an era that no one else can understand. (laughs) I'm also from that era, so I know what you mean. And now that people know that it's Green Ranger with no vowels, maybe they'll spell it correctly. They probably won't, (laughs) but they might. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Where can people find you? Oh yeah, the website's GreenRanger.com. That's Green Ranger with no vowels. You can find the website's Facebook at Facebook.com slash Green Ranger, also with no vowels. And then you can find me specifically on Twitter. And I say it that way because my site does not take a position on if the show is good or bad and if the toys are good or bad. The same thing with my Facebook page, whereas Twitter is my Twitter, and I will say what I want on Twitter, which means I talk about Power Rangers, I talk about web development, I talk about whatever else I'm thinking. But on Twitter, I'm at John P. Green. Awesome. And then you can find me other places, because I lurk everywhere. Because I have to, because people are posting a picture of a toy on some obscure Tumblr somewhere, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. All right, John, this has been a blast. It has. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. So, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions or hate mail or praise, <laughs> email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com. Check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, Facebook and Instagram, rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. And, John, once again, it's been awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph 
and like us on Facebook.com slash Ranger Command Power Hour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 